attempt from the right hash mark. And oh, he hits the upright again. That's impossible. And the Eagles run out into the. <sighs> All right. Well, we're here, I guess. Now, before I start, you know how in like these new big games that are coming out, like I know Resident Evil 4 or whatever Resident Evil they're on right now, they come out before you like ever get into the game. This is also in like shows too. They'll have like a this is all fiction. This is not based off any real event. Blah yada yada yada. Don't take any of this seriously. I need that right now. Because down the line, in like seven years, when some random person stumbles upon this podcast that has no views, and they're like, oh my god, he said he said some shit about uh, Chris Conte in his video, or in his podcast, and now I'm going to go contact Chris Conte, and I'm going to get sued for every penny I own, so when Chris Conte comes after my ass... For money in 10 years because I said some shit about him in a random ass podcast I, I don't want that so my disclaimer I guess is the, the right word I'm looking for is all of this is fake this is all fiction none of what I say is real and that's it really now it is episode one of this young podcast now a Bears fan. It's great, honestly. I was going to say it sucks, but it's great. You know, I, I'm around all these Vikings fans, and with this offseason rumbling, it's looking a lot better for Bears fans, and I think a lot of people would agree. You know, I've been a big supporter of Ryan Poles and what he's doing, but I want to give my outlook on this upcoming season for the Bears because, I don't know, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hype, but is is the really is the hype served? I don't really know. Uh, I'm gonna start with the roster, and then get into what I think is gonna happen at each position, what I want to see happen, and kind of the draft, what I want them to take, how I feel like the season's gonna go. You know, just my overall thoughts. It's about the journey. It's what the podcast is titled. It's my journey to the truth. Except none of this is true. It's all it's all fake because, you know, I need that because I'm probably going to say something I'm going to regret, but who knows. All right, roster time. Obviously, QB, Justin Fields with P.J. Walker in tow, which I think was an underrated signing. And the running back room looks like Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman, and then just Travis Homer, Tristan Edner, whoever wants to fill in that third running back role. And the wide receivers, obviously, you got the GOAT, Chase Claypool. And, you know, Darnell Mooney, money. And then you got Equinemia St. Brown. And then, you know, you got Vilas Jones, probably going to be a special teamer, so you don't really care about him. We got a lot of no-names, too, like Doris Fountain. Don't know who he is and do not care. And then, of course, DJ Moore. I wasn't going to forget about DJ Moore. He's here, you know, he's the price you pay for the first overall pick, I guess, among other things. Tight end rooms, Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon. I wish Chase Allen wasn't what I was reading, but it is. I hate Chase Allen. Let that be known, we're Chase Allen haters. And then fourth doesn't matter. I mean, the offensive line is, is where it gets super interesting. Looking at the depth chart, Braxton Jones is at left tackle, which I'll get into later. And left guard, Cody Whitehair at center. They have Lucas Patrick there right now. And then right guard, free agency acquisition, Nate Davis from the Titans. And then they have Tevin Jenkins at right tackle. And then Bears are looking at a 4-3, I think, this upcoming year. Looking at Travis Gibson and Demarcus Walker. As the edge rushers with Dominique Robinson as kind of their sub sub man and then the interior guys kind of look like new pickup Andrew Billings and Justin Jones 
thinking of that right now. Of course, linebackers, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, some big free agent pickups. Then I like Jack Sanborn too. He's also in this linebacking core. Got Jalen Johnson and Jalen Jones at corner. They don't list Kyler Gordon. I know he's on this team. I don't think I'm losing my mind. Probably hurt if like not on the depth chart right now. I know Kendall Vildor is also in this cornerback room. And then they they got Michael Ojemudia. Don't know if I'm saying that right. He's from the Dolphins. Had a lot of hype to him at one point, but now he kind of sucks. And then the safety duo of Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker. And then special teamers who, I mean, I'm not going to really give into because it's special teams and I don't even want to like have to listen to myself talk about special teams after this is done. But Kyra Santos is a goat. Okay. I'm going to start at the top. You got to start at the top when it comes to the Bears because it's a very interesting case that really could go, in my opinion, very poorly. Justin Fields is coming into his third year, and I think a lot of people have pretty high expectations. I mean, I have high expectations, probably not as high as some other people have, but it's definitely there. The third year is a big year. Recently, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks, eh, a lot, a couple, a few, a lot of quarterbacks <laughs> kind of break out their third year, like Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts, and uh, I guess Tua, but I mean, he's he's dead, right? Like, there's no way he's he's standing, like, currently. Like, he's got to be, like, bedridden right now. They're probably not going to ever say that to the media, but he's got to be, like, bedridden. But yeah, big, big third year. I mean, when you talk about Josh Allen, Hurts, and Tua, you got to look at that wide receiver that they get in their third year in Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, and Stefan Diggs, respectively. And they're big they're big name receivers, right? I mean now at least now they're big name receivers. I mean Diggs and AJ Brown weren't like in the top like seven area when they were traded, but I get now they probably are. So you look at a lot of similarities with DJ Moore coming over from the Panthers in that trade. And you're like, oh my God we got, a, we got a stud receiver. He's about to be top seven in the league next year. He's about to be him. Him and Fields, they're going to have the A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts connection. I'm a Bears fan, but I hate to say it. I, I There's not a world where I see them being as good as Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown or Josh Allen and Diggs or even Hurts and Tyreek. Or not Hurts, Tua and Tyreek. You got to look at it. I mean, I'll look more into the Eagles because it's a very similar situation, kind of, kind of, somewhat. I mean, you got Jalen Hurts, who's a scrambling quarterback, and you got Justin Fields, who's a scrambling quarterback. You have A.J. Brown and D.J. Moore, who are both probably top 25 receivers when they're traded. I mean, probably closer to top 20 or even top 15. And so the situation's similar. Now, I say that, but it's not really. You look at the Eagles team that just went to the Super Bowl with A.J. Brown. That offensive line was nuts. They're also great singers, by the way, if you haven't checked out the Christmas album by Kelsey and, like, Mylotta and Lane Johnson. That was nuts. They went nuts. They went off. Now, that, that was an absolutely electric album. You gotta go listen to it. Early Christmas music in, uh whatever month it is, I kind of forgot, I think it's March, but it's a great Christmas album, but besides the fact that Jordan Melata can absolutely belt out some high notes, it's crazy, I'm getting a little sidetracked, but you know, you gotta respect the album that they put out as offensive linemen, alright, back to Hurts, yeah, he's a scrambling quarterback, as is Justin Fields, now they're different type of scrambler quarterbacks, I mean... <laughs> It's hard to say you're a different type of scrambler quarterback, but Jalen Hurts is probably a much better, like, red zone scrambler than Justin Fields is. Now, I have no data to back this because I don't really want to go that deep into it, but I can just, I mean, you just look at the touchdown numbers from the rushing aspect. It's a lot higher for Hurts, 
And Justin Fields is great in the open field, right? He's a great making people miss. He's big. He's fast. He's probably faster than Hurts. Again, not going to look at the numbers for that right now. But he's probably faster, if we're being honest. And, yeah, a lot of similarities. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, best offensive line in the league. You already have a great weapon, Devontae Smith. They have a great defense to keep giving the offense the ball. We're really giving Jalen Hurts the perfect situation for that breakout third year. Where for the Bears and Justin Fields, yeah, they bring in some offensive line help. Yeah, they bring in some defense help. But, I mean, it's still not a great roster top to bottom. There's still a lot of holes that need to be filled before I really think they're even scratching where the Eagles were last year. So situation's worse. Fields is still going to have to make a ton of plays with his legs. And another comparison is, well, Hurts and Fields are both subpar passers their second year. And then they exploded. Yeah, Hurts was subpar his second year in passing. I mean, he had a couple of good games, right? But Fields, Fields was atrocious passing the ball last year. Atrocious is a bad word to use for a QB in the NFL. But he had two games over 200 yards passing. And one of them he had 208 yards. Now, that's rough. That's really rough. Now, obviously, they didn't give him a great game plan to throw the ball. He threw the ball 25 times or more three times. And completed 20 passes once. So, yeah, he's going to see more opportunity to throw the ball this year, I think. Especially with weapons now around him. But this is a make or break year. Justin Fields, he's going to get a better offensive line. Because I think at the 9, they're going to take an offensive lineman. I think that's almost a lock for me. Now there's a couple other players I'd, I think they could go. Get into that later. But he's got weapons now. He's going to have a decent offensive line. It's really a year that Fields really needs to prove that he can be a quarterback capable of throwing the ball like he did in Ohio State. I mean, it's really it's a really big year. I, I don't know how else to emphasize it. If he s- continues to struggle this year throwing the ball, if he can't if he can if he can't throw over 200 yards in a game, I, it's a low bar. I'd say like if he can't throw 200 yards a game seven times then it's probably a failure of a season and he might still rush for a thousand yards obviously he's just super capable of that and that's cool but you still need to be able to throw the ball and it's going to be a big year I think in terms of my predictions I don't think we're going to see Jalen Hurts-esque passing upgrade but I think we can see seven or eight 200 yard plus games I think we can see another 1,000 yard rushing season if he's able to stay healthy. And I think we can see a good connection with uh, old DJ Moore over there. And he already has a solid connection with Darnell Mooney. I mean, he was part of the 1,000 yard season that Darnell Mooney put up just a couple years ago. So it's, he's got weapons now and it's just really, it's really all on him now. This offense can be good. This offense can be one of the better offenses in the league. It's a little bit of a homer take, but I think they can be one of the better offenses in the league, especially if they go out and get a tackle in the draft. I think that can be really, really dynamic because they'll have a... I mean, they ran the ball more than anybody last year, and they run the ball well, obviously, with the like four threats they have running the ball. So it's really going to be on if Justin Fields can throw the ball for them to be a successful offense. Not a successful team, though. I think there's way too many problems on the defense to even call them a competitor or even a playoff team. But we'll see. We're going to the running backs. Uh, Khalil Herbert was probably one of the best change of pace. No, he was one of the best change of pace backs in the league last year. He put up, I want to say, 700 and... You know, I'll just fact check myself instead of guessing. He had 731 yards last year in 129 attempts. That puts him at 5.7 yards per carry. 
fifth in the league among qualified running backs, which is, you know, that's 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 pretty good. <laughs> league average, I'd say, or what's considered good is like around four yards per carry is what you kind of want. And he put up 5.7. That's pretty damn good. Now I think he also succeeded a lot off a of change of pace. Being a change of pace guy to Dave Montgomery, who is a great running back. Sad we didn't bring him back. But he's Khalil Herbert's a great running back. He was really good his rookie season. I loved him out of Virginia Tech. It was a great, <laughs> great pickup in the sixth round, that's for sure. We'll see what he can do as I he might be the premier back. I think he'll be the premier back. Dante Foreman was added to this room and he could easily be the guy who gets the more carries. I'd be surprised. I would. I really would. Dante Foreman's a great running back, but I with them not really pursuing Dave Montgomery, I mean they pursued him, but like, come on, did they? I think I think they're in on Khalil Herbert. I think he's gonna get chances and I'm excited. I don't know if he's 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 not gonna sit at five point seven the whole year. If he does, that'd be incredible. Uh, he could be a like a four point five yards per carry guy, easily. I think not a great receiver though. It's just a little 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 side note. Not a great receiver. Dante Foreman, I love the pickup. I really do. I really love the pickup. Glue Herbert's in a weird state where he's not really a speed back. He's not really a power back. He's kind of the middle ground, which is cool. But he's leaning more towards power back, I guess. He's two twelve, like five nine, two twelve. I mean, it's like a little wrecking ball. Whereas Dante Foreman, Dante Foreman's a big dude. He's a big dude. Like he he goes out there, like he goes he runs with blood on the brain. Like he, he knocks some he knocks the soul out of some people, and he's he's pretty damn good. He's uh you know had two hundred attempts last year. Thanks to the CMC trade over there in Carolina, so he's had 900 yards. Like that's pretty damn good. Now he's 26. He's not that old. He'll probably be pretty solid for them. And he'll, I mean, I say Khalil Herbert will probably be the premier back, but that's more what I want. It'll probably be a 50-50 split. Dante Foreman's a big guy. He can run up the middle really well. You know, in between tackles. I mean, Khalil Herbert runs in between tackles well, too. And that's something I do want to address later, is a little bit of a bias pick, but I always seem to have Jameer Gibbs falling to the Bears in the second round. And that's maybe just because I want to have him on the team. Also because I have a, the 102 in my Dynasty League, so, you know, I want Gibbs to go to a team I want to root for. And Gibbs is a... He kind of fits... You know what? I'm transitioning. We're talking about Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is so fast, and that is something this Bears running back room doesn't really have. Like Travis Homer and Dante Foreman and Khalil Herbert aren't impressing anybody with their speed. That's for damn sure. They're also not impressing anybody with their receiving game. Oh my God, these guys are just—they don't catch balls, and I don't—I <laughs> don't think they want to catch a ball. I think they're terrified for their life when the ball comes at them. They like shrivel up into little ghosts and just like fade away when the ball is thrown their way. But Jameer Gibbs is such a great, it'd be such a great fit. I'm just, I'm just sitting here waiting, wishing for Jameer Gibbs. I mean, he's a great receiver, back, receiving back. He's just one of the better ones that we've seen in a while. I mean, Bijan's pretty damn good too, but they're they're not getting Bijan. Gibbs is a great receiving back, which is what they need. He also provides a ton of speed. A ton of speed. And that's what they need, too. Now, Jameer Gibbs isn't that big. He's sub-200 pounds, which, for running backs, not great. I mean, there hasn't been that many successful sub-200 running backs. I think Shady is probably the best one. If I, like, just off-top dome. And Jameer Gibbs is... Uh... But, yeah, with Jameer Gibbs behind these two running backs, he doesn't need to be close to a bell cow he can be a 10 11 touch guy game and be super dynamic with the ball in his hands and just be just cause confusion for the defense so i like that pickup for the bears if they're able to get jameer gibbs now that is that is a, just a dream of mine i don't usually have i usually see jameer gibbs fall all the way to the end of the second round he will usually go mid and sometimes late 
but the Bears have so many holes elsewhere that it doesn't make a lot of sense to go running back in the draft. Well, it's uh, it's my favorite time. It's wide receiver time. I love Darnell Mooney. I mean, that's where I'm going to start because who doesn't love Darnell Mooney? Dude put on an absolute clinic against Jalen Ramsey his rookie year. And then just his popularity went from zero to like a thousand. Everyone loved Mooney after that route against the world's best corner at the time. Uh, he's good. He's good. He's a good-ass receiver. Uh, that's that's all I really got about him. He's a good-ass receiver. He's, he's got to stay healthy, though. I mean, I, I mean, he has a good track record of being healthy. We'll see this year. And then, uh, just moving on, Chase Claypool. I mean, there's that one interview where he was like, I remember it so vividly when he got traded over the Bears because I was, you know, just researching him. And he, I this one interview, he's like talking, he just goes, yeah, I'm, I'm due for a big season. And they go, oh, oh, that's great. How many, how many catches do you think you're going to get? He's like, oh, I'm 100 easy. And they're like, damn, damn, how many yards? And he's like, 1,300 count me in for 13 tuds too and I just sat there this was like midway through the season or whatever week 8 when the deadline was and I'm just sitting there like this the tomfoolery that Chase Claypool does on a regular basis is he needs to be fined like obsessively until he stops doing shit like this now I'm talking a lot of shit about Chase Claypool I think he I'm gonna go in baseball terms here because that's what I know there's a big thing in baseball where why the draft isn't as popular, and it's because players don't go to the bigs immediately. They have to go through the minor league system, and a lot of them don't. A lot of first-round picks in the bigs don't turn out to be jack shit. So Chase Claypool reminds me of a first-round pick in like an MLB draft. He has 6'4", 238, big. He runs pretty fast, too. I don't know his exact 40 time, but I know he's not slow. He's like a good speed for his size. He just, just, you use all the tools, but he just can't seem to figure it out. Not, does not have great hands. Can't really separate that well for, and for some reason, I mean, you saw in his rookie year, he was making pretty good 50-50 balls, but like you haven't really seen that since. He's a, he's a frustrating, frustrating wide receiver. Like I said, he, he feels like an MLB draft pick where, they're drafting him, and he feels like he's going through the minors right now, and he's trying to get his way up to the major leagues, but he just can't because he's trash, and he sucks, and he's a clown. DJ Moore. DJ Moore's a great receiver. He's going to get a lot of comparisons to the three guys I mentioned before in A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, and Diggs. Not really Tyreek Hill, but Diggs and A.J. Brown kind of fit the same mold. DJ Moore's a great receiver. He's great at all three levels of the field. He's a great separator. He's got great hands. Now, he's not anything crazy athletically like like Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown. He's fast. He's not Tyreek Hill fast. He's not even really like Robbie Anderson fast. He's just fast. And, you know, he's going to separate. He's going to catch balls. He's going to be a solid red zone th like threat. He's good after the catch. He's just good at a lot of things. He's eh, he's borderline elite at a lot of things. But he reminds me a lot of Stefan Diggs in like the situation. AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill are a little different than those two, where Stefan Diggs and DJ Moore were more technical receivers. We're gonna see what he can do. Gotta hope the connection's good. You gotta I mean, shit. What, two days after like the trade was official, you saw Fields and DJ Moore at the Bulls game, you know, that really means nothing, honestly, they could have been forced to go there together, but you know, you love to see it, you love to see it, and I don't really have anything else to say about the other receivers, or even the receivers I already mentioned, I'm not going to talk shit about them that much, because I'm a Bears fan, and I'm biased as hell, and there's probably aspects of DJ Moore's game that a lot of people don't like, and I'm not going to mention it, because... We're rooting here. We're, root, we're rooting for the Bears. We're not We're not going to shit stop these Bears players because we feel like it. That's not what we do here. We do that to other teams. We don't do that to the Bears. On to the next position. 
the tight end tight end room is cool. <laughs> it's cool. Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon. They're gonna be pretty good, especially in the red zone. They're big red zone threats, both of them. Just hoping Robert Tunyon can, you know, come back to form a little bit. He doesn't even have to come all the way back to the form where he had eleven touchdowns and was like tight end four in fantasy. That was a weird ass year. But Colcomet and Robert Tunyon make a lot of sense. They do. Colcomet doesn't feel like he's really it. I mean he was a second round pick, so I don't think they expected him to be some like X factor out there. But he's a solid he's a solid player. <laughs> you know him and Tunyon are very interesting tight ends as they just kind of feel like they're in the middle tier of tight ends. Now, the great thing about Tunyon, though, is that he can't block for shit. And Cole Komet can kind of block for shit, so that will be interesting. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about the offensive line because it is uh, atrocious. They're paying a lot of money to Cody Whitehair. I don't know the exact numbers I probably could find that out but he's getting paid a lot and I don't even think he's at the best position he plays I think he's a better center you know it's debatable but yeah he is on a five-year 52 and a half million dollar contract which was in 2019 so he's got a couple more years left and he's getting paid like 10 million a year which is ridiculous for a you know mediocre uh, mediocre uh, offensive line but you know there's some excitement on this team in the offensive line Nate Davis I love Nate Davis he's not like a crazy well-known name but I mean he blocked for Derrick Henry in Derrick Henry's best years and I mean Derrick Henry's not the easiest guy to block for he's big and he's kind of slow out the gate but he gets going Nate Davis is a unique lineman. This is a lot more athletic than a lot of linemen out there. He's pretty agile in terms of he can move. He's not crazy big either, but I do like him. I hope, I hope he plays left guard, and I hope Cody Whitehair goes back to center, and I hope Tevin Jenkins stays at right guard because, believe it or not, Tevin Jenkins was a dog at right guard I don't want them to move him and it's not even a homer pick I'm gonna go to PFF because uh, <laughs> that's where they love Tevin Jenkins is at PFF and if anywhere loves Tevin Jenkins I'm gonna mention it because you know he was the third highest rated guard in the league according to PFF now his pass blocking was not that high but his run blocking was great and he was just a solid player doesn't do anything elite, does some good things in the run game, and he's a good pass blocker. And he just he does something productive every play. I think that's what you need out of linemen. You don't want some lazy-ass lineman. Tevin Jenkins, he does something, he tries to find something to do every play, which is a little strange saying in football, but, you know, he does. But he's up there. He's, he's higher than guys like Isaac Somalu, who just got signed by Pittsburgh. He's higher than a guy like Elton Jenkins, who is a, supposed to be a very good uh Lyman, higher than Quentin Nelson. I know Quentin Nelson had a down year, but he's Quentin Nelson. Shaq Mason, higher than Shaq Mason, who just got signed or traded to the Texans for, like, pubic hair. So, you know, Tim Jenkins was, was a really good guard last year, and I really hope he stays there. Now, he didn't have the biggest sample size last year, so, you know, his PFF grade is, you know, take that as you will. But he was good in his limited time. He played like half the year. Braxton Jones seems like their guy at left tackle. Uh, yeah, he does. I mean, they love Braxton Jones over there. He's, what, 25, 24? 24 years old. He's, again, a good run blocker and a decent pass blocker. And he stayed healthy. I think that's a big thing. But Braxton Jones, is, he played a 1,000 snaps on offense. And... You know, if you can get that out of a lineman, you're pretty happy. And he played it at a decent level. I mean, he was rated a top 20 tackle last year, which is pretty good. Playing left tackle, too. 
have to pay him left tackle money, but shit, he's gonna he's gonna play left tackle for them for probably a while. I don't see them moving to get a true left tackle in the draft. So we'll see. And then Nate Davis talked about him, Cody Wehair, you know, shit, whatever. Uh, their last tackle will probably be if they don't draft anybody. I'm guessing Larry Borum or Alex Leatherwood, which is gross, so gross. I mean, Larry Borum's okay. Alex Leatherwood, former first-round pick, Alex Leatherwood, uh, <laughs> pick 17 from the Raiders. Another miss by them. He can play tackle, I guess. He can play it, but they really do need another tackle. And that's kind of where I'm looking at in the draft is another tackle. Love Paris Johnson Jr. He's a true tackle and probably my choice for them at nine. He's, I mean, what a, he's a true tackle. He's got long ass arms. Like, Jesus H. He's got gorilla arms. So, I, I don't, I, I, you just need long arms when you're playing tackle. It's weird. They're not weird, but it's just a necessity, right? You got to get these edge rushers, like, locked up. You need arms for that. And if you don't have arms, go play interior. Um, Peter Skronsky, Jesus. He's probably the best offensive guard, offensive lineman in this class, just not at tackle. He is easily, easily a blue-chip prospect if he's <laughs> at guard. Like, I think that's a no-doubter in my mind is that he's a blue-chip guy at guard, but he's good offensive tackle he's a, he's, he's a great offensive tackle in college obviously it's a top pick for a reason he's, he's an incredible line and I think that's where they're probably going to go in the draft is Peter Skronsky because I as much as I say they should keep Tevin Jenkins at right guard they probably will move him back out to right tackle because that's where he was drafted at and he can play it and I could see a Peter Skoronsky coming onto this team and moving around, being a versatile offensive lineman. He can play everywhere, and it's just at some point, at sometimes when you don't have a great offensive line like the Bears do, you just got to put the best five out there. And if the best five out there includes throwing Peter Skoronsky in, in the inside and then kicking out Tevin Jenkins again, then, I mean, you got to do it because you just need to, you just need to get, a good, get a solid offensive line out there. He's got great hands, Skronsky, so he can play everywhere. Doesn't have a lot of holes. Now, Paris Johnson is, you know, he's just your prototypical tackle. He has tools out this world. He, what did he have, 36-inch arms or something like that? I mean, that's nuts. <laughs> like, dude gives a hug to... The person he's hugging and himself. Like, you know how, like, when you're kids, you make the joke, you'd hug yourself and you, like, you know, do that shit? He does that with other people. Uh, but he is a left tackle. Obviously, you can, you can kick him out the right tackle if you want to, but that's just, like, not where he played originally in college for Ohio State. I mean, actually, switch that. He played left tackle for Ohio State this previous year. In the year before, I'm pretty sure he was at guard. I'm pretty confident on that. Now, unlike Pierce Crossy, this guy doesn't know how to use his hands. But that can be taught. Can't teach tools. And Paris Johnson's got all the tools, and he's got decent tape. Larry Skronsky's got incredible tape and solid tools. <laughs> all the other tackles, like Roger Jones, I, Anton Harrison, you know, even Darnell Wright, I don't really want to get into them because I don't see the Bears even coming close to selecting them unless somehow two tackles go first. But then at that point, you're getting Will Anderson, Christian Gonzalez, whoever. So I'm not going to go into that. But that's the offensive line. It's it's going to be rough. I don't think Tevin Jenkins is going to be the third best guard next year. I think he'll probably be average. Braxton Jones will probably be average. Nate Davis will probably be above average slightly or maybe he's really fucking good and I'm just stupid. Cody Whitehair will be below average. I mean, that's pretty much a given. And then whoever they slot in at tackle or that just fifth guard spot and then they'll just have Larry Borum and Leatherwood move around as, as they want because they're just shitty ass players who can play wherever. Uh, 
in terms of the D-line, I guess just go to the other side of the trenches. It's pretty gross, and I don't really want to talk about it that much because it's gross and it makes me want to puke. But two things I do want to talk about. Last year, Jaquan Brisker led this team in sacks at safety with four. So just, just clap it up. They brought in a guy with seven sacks last year. You know, we love DeMarcus Walker over here from the Titans. PFF loves the two pickups that the Bears made, by the way. Andrew Billings and DeMarcus Walker, they love that shit. 70-plus grades on them. So, I mean, shit, I didn't really know much about them before they were signed. But, you know, I'm going to look at what I see ahead of me. I'm going to look at good things, and I'm going to pray for good things. Andrew Billings and Marcus Walker, welcome to the team. Hopefully you do something. Outside of that, it it's like makes me want to cry. Travis Gibson, it just pains me to see a player like Travis Gibson who once was considered an up-and-coming player. Not good and up-and-coming, but up-and-coming to hopefully a normal average player. He was so bad. Last year, he was so bad. Out of the players rostered right now in the defensive line, he had the second most snaps at like 600. And obviously, Jaquan Brisker led this team in sacks last year with four. So Travis Gibson couldn't have been any higher. But he was at three. <laughs> he played all 17 games. All 17. And he had three sacks. And 11 QB hits. Okay, man. Four TFLs, all right. Like, hopefully he can bounce back. He had a good 2021. He did. He really did. I mean, not great. Don't get me wrong. Not great. Solid at best. 2021. But he just stunk. Oh my God, he stunk this year. Like, uh, Dominique Robinson also kind of stunk too. I mean, no one really expected much out of him. He, you know, rookie from the fifth round. But he, yeah, he was not very good either. And we were hoping he was serviceable. But I keep looking at the list, and I'm like, damn, there really isn't a damn soul coming back on this team that's worth anything. And it really makes you think about that ninth pick, and you're wondering, like, oh, maybe I take a Nolan Jones. Maybe I take a Lucas Van Ness, who's, like, a five-tech player who can play everywhere. But, you know, you gotta you got to focus on Justin Fields and his development and everything else be damned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Defensive line sucks. It's going to suck again this year. I mean, DeMarcus Walker and Andrew Billings are not going to be that great. I mean, they're good players. They're good players. Don't get me wrong. But they're both 28. They're both were, like, essentially backups or, like, injury replacement players last year that just happened to do well. They have no history of doing well. I think that's a big thing for me. The history doesn't show that much. I mean, DeMarcus Walker has been a bench player who's, when he comes in, he's all right. He had some good years, you know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. They really need to address it. And I'm hoping that's where they go in the second round. They got two picks in the second round. Could have been three if Chase Claypool wasn't worth a first-round pick, but they have two in the back of the second round, and hopefully there's some guys there. I know Keon White won't fall, but I always accidentally have him falling there. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Someone like Keanu Benton might be there. Siaka Ika, I know he's falling down boards a lot, but he could be there. I mean, looking at edges, I mean, those were more interior guys. Looking at edges, I mean... Well... Uh, okay, hold on. I gotta think about pronouncing this. Adatomiwa Adabarwe. Okay, fuck that. He might be there. That's a that's a very optimistic he might be there. Tuli Tuli Pulut. These Samoan names, man. Nothing against them. I love Samoan people, but damn. You need to like... You know how in dictionaries they have like how to pronounce it? I need that next to Samoan names. I'm sorry, Samoan people. That might have been a little racist, but I need the help. Anyways, uh, yeah, he might be there. Andre Carter, the second. I know he was once considered a really good prospect, but he might not be able to play. Isaiah Foskey is an interesting guy in, like, the second or third, you know. 
Keon White, and we talked about him. KJ Henry, I guess. The options, it's deep until it's not. That's a really stupid statement, but it really is. The edge class is deep until it's not. I mean, up until I feel like Thule, it's or like Foskey. Or, I mean, Derek Hall's not. I mean, it's pretty deep. I take it back. I just, I'm not in love with any of the prospects that will probably be there on the edge at like, what pick was it? At pick 53. But we'll see. You know, maybe Ryan Poles does some magic moves up. I already talked about my Jameer Gibbs take. I, I do love the fit, but, you know, it probably doesn't make much sense when you have so many holes in that defensive line. Linebackers I'm not going to get much into because they're pretty good. <laughs> Jack Sanborn, I think, was solid. He was solid. He was a good linebacker last year. I I don't care what the grades say. I don't care what his stats look like. He's a good pass rusher. He's a solid coverage guy. He's cool. He's cool. He's the third option on this team, by the way, so shut up. TJ Edmonds and Tremaine Edmonds are proven players, proven linebackers. Tremaine Edmonds was one of the better linebackers in coverage in the league. He might have been the best graded-wise. I don't know for sure. There's a very real chance of it, though. TJ Edwards is a super solid linebacker in every aspect of the game he's good at. That's really what you want. <laughs> you know, it's a little weird, though, how they put so much money into these linebackers and weren't able to sign Roquan Smith. Which, I mean, of course, we don't know, or at least I don't know, what happened in the shadows. I mean, Roquan could have easily been offered more money than he got from the Ravens. Because what did he get? Five years, 100 mil from the Ravens? So he easily could have gotten that contract from the Bears, and he just didn't want to play for the Bears anymore. Which is really sad, because I love Roquan. Anyways, picked up linebackers after not re-signing one. Tremaine Edmonds is on like a four-year 72 mil, and then TJ Edwards is, I want to say, on a three-year. I don't know the exact money, but it's not a ton. They are linebackers, after all. So, you know, that'll be fun to watch, that tandem or trio. Should be solid. Don't need to say much about them. They have a lot of shit on them already, but I do want to talk about the cornerbacks because they suck. I mean, I love Jalen Johnson. Don't get me wrong. I love Jalen Johnson. He is a solid corner. But then you kind of look at what else they have, and it's really bad. <laughs> Kyler Gordon, I was hopeful for. I mean, he didn't look as bad as he was. That's for sure. But he was a second-round pick, so expected a good amount from him. And he was not great. But... There's always like improvement because Kyler Gordon's, you know, we've seen him be incredible in college. But he's a slot corner guy, you know. He might have to kind of extend that role this year if he really wants to, you know, step it up for this team. I'm asking a lot out of him, but I, I think Kyler Gordon has what it takes to be a good corner in the league. And I think that's what the Bears think too because they didn't address corner at all in free agency and I had a lot of people I wanted them to go after in free agency at the corner position highlighted by some younger mediocre quarterbacks like Sean Murphy Buntin who is probably a little better than mediocre but Sean Murphy Buntin was a guy I wanted them to go after Greedy Williams was a guy I wanted them to go after I was fine with them going after Shaquille Griffin even though it's probably a stupid move because he probably doesn't fit their timelines a little too expensive but Sean Murphy Buntin and Greedy Williams I was really high on Still am high on, they're just on different teams. But forgot where Greedy went. I want to say the Eagles, but I don't know. And then Sean Murphy Bunting. For some reason, my mind is telling me Pirates, but I know that's not right. He is on the Titans. Yeah, Titans. That's right. And then Greedy. What did I say? Eagles? He might be on the Steelers, honestly. No, he's on the Eagles. I got that right. Alright, I'm just stupid. Anyways, corner's a desperate need for them. Numbers are... PFF doesn't like Jalen Johnson that much. But, like, you just watch him and he's good. He's good. Shut up, PFF. I hate you. They need a corner. It sucks, though. It's a good corner class, but they all seem to go knocks early second, mid-second, kind of where they kind of teeter off. It's like the, you go from like 
of course you got the high-end guys but they're not going to even be close in the second you got like Forbes and Cam Smith and Tyreek Stevenson kind of going early mid-second and then it's just kind of like Garrett Williams and Trevious Hodges Tomlinson but you really want to take Trevious Hodges Tomlinson I hate saying that name do you really want to take him in the second round or do you want to like reach on a guy like Eli Ricks in the second round I don't know. I don't know if I'm sold on those players. I love Keely Ringo. PFF hates Keely Ringo. I mean, I hate him too. His tape is kind of awful sometimes, but super toolsy, fun player. Seems like a good marketable guy. <laughs> Got a fun name too, Keely Ringo. Love saying it. I mean, I haven't talked about safeties. I don't really feel like I need to talk about them a lot. They're good safeties. A. Jackson was great last year before the injury. Hopefully he comes back looking the same. That's all you can really hope for. Quan Brisket was a pleasant surprise on this team. Very pleasant surprise. Hey, let our team sacks. Let's go to Quan Brisket. a boy. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. They're not great. They're good, not great. But, you know, Quan Brisket's young, and he's not. Eddie's far past his dominant seasons. But he's still solid. So you can't hate it. You can't hate it. The backups I don't really want to talk about. Because who cares about backup safeties? Who does? If anyone does, let me know. But I will not respond. And that's about it for the team overview thing going on here. Talked a little bit about the draft. Uh, in terms of mocks, I'm... I'm I've done a lot. I give them a lot of different players. I, I'm guessing it's going to be a Peter Skronsky, like pickup. I mean, he's linked heavily to Chicago because didn't he grow up in Illinois at the very least? Knowing he's a Packers fan. I know that. That's crazy. By the way, if you grew up in Illinois and you're a Packers fan, that's nuts. I hate you if, if that's you. I hate Packers fans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're turning into a poverty franchise right in front of your eyes. And, you know, you kind of own us, or Aaron Rodgers owns us, but, you know, whatever. But, yeah, Peter Schmansky at 9 is something I commonly see in uh, experts' eyes. Paris Johnson's a guy I like, but I would be fine with either. I think Lucas Van Ness is an interesting case, obviously. I mean, a corner... If, like, a Devin Witherspoon falls, I don't think that's considered falling if he makes it to nine. But like, a Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez would be fun, too, obviously. I didn't talk about it that much because Jay Claypool was traded for the 30-second pick in this draft, so it feels like they have to kind of stick with him as their third guy. But it'd be a lot of fun if Jackson Smith and Jigba came over to this uh, team. Reuniting with Justin Fields. It's the storylines there. I mean, we saw Jamar Chase go extremely early to reunite with his college quarterback. It's definitely a possibility to see Jackson Smith come over to the Bears at 9, especially since he's had such a great combine and pro day. He's, in my eyes, he's the clear-cut number one receiver in this class, at least to go off the board first. In terms of talent, who knows? There's a lot of interesting talents in this wide receiver class. Although they're not as top-heavy as last year and the year before that, it's still a solid class overall. A lot of fun players in it. A lot of very frustrating players, too, like Quentin Johnston. How are you 6... What is he now? 6'2", or something like that? What did, I forgot what he got measured in on. How are you that big, though? He's big. How are you that big and struggle to, like, deal with contact? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that big, obviously. So I couldn't tell you what it's like. <laughs> But, you know, these aren't NFL corners. These are college corners. You're a top 15 prospect in this draft, probably. Make the catch. Make the catch. Sorry. I'm, I have no right to say anything about these, these players. Absolutely zero right. Whoever handed... Whoever, like, allowed it for people to make free podcasts and just post it, is they, they should be just decapitated. It's, it's a crime that I'm able to sit here and talk about how Quentin Johnson's a pussy because he can't like deal with contact. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Like I said, this is fake anyways. It's not real. 
Anyways, that's the team. It is the team for next season. Pending any Ezekiel Elliott pickups. Uh, but we'll see. I, I mean, in terms of projection-wise, this is... This is probably a little too much coming from a Bears fan. But they're a contender. They're contending for that Super Bowl. No, they're probably a seven-win team. Probably. It really depends on what Justin Fields can do. And recently, you know, third year looks up. I've not seen it that much. You know, Josh Allen's and uh, Hurts are just nuts. They're not really human. So, I mean, I don't think Justin Fields is human too, but he's a little bit more human than Josh Allen, that's for sure. Uh, did you hear that? Uh, I saw the Bills came up with a statement, and they were like, Josh Allen's taking too many hits. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Of course he is. But that's his fault. Like, at that point, he wants to take that many hits. Do you see the way he runs? He runs like there's no tomorrow. And that's a very, like, common thing to say. But he does not care about his life. He probably won't have children. If he has children, I'd be amazed. And they'll probably come out a little funky because he's gotten hit really hard in places you don't want to get hit very hard. But he runs like he wants to get hit. So Sean McDermott coming out and saying, uh, uh, we want to limit the amount of hits he takes. That's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to stop Josh Allen from scrambling for seven yards with five dudes on him, getting hit sticks. Like, if that's me and Madden, I'm fumbling the ball 30 times in a season. But and, and Josh Allen does fumble a lot. But that was a little bit of a weird statement. But yeah, seven win team, eight wins maybe. If Justin Fields explodes, nine wins. <laughs> this defense stinks. It really does stink. These linebackers are gonna have to carry hard. But you know, Matt Eberflus loves his linebackers. I mean, Bobby Okereke, I think that's how you say his name. Just got a, he didn't get a bag actually. He kind of got cheaped up. He's a good linebacker. And then uh, I know Shaquille. God, it's Shaquille Leonard. I, I almost said Barrett. Shaquille Leonard didn't play last year, but he is like a four-time Pro Bowler every season, but last year or something like that. So you got to think Matt Eberfuss is great at developing linebackers. So hopefully he has a fun time with Tremaine Edmonds and uh, TJ Edwards. I didn't even talk about how Tremaine Edmonds is 24. That's nuts. Good on you, Ryan Poles, signing these young players. Like Nate Davis is, what, 26? TJ Edwards is 26. Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds is... 24. Then you got your two defensive linemen you picked up. They're like 28, but who cares? They're bridge players. Hopefully bridge players. Huh. Hopefully bridge players. Damn. Anyways, in terms of like what else I got for this team, it's not much. I do want to talk about one thing. Probably going to get a lot of hate, hate for this for by one person particularly. I don't think Matt Nagy was that bad. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Matt Nagy. He, uh, you know, his team went to the playoffs with one of the better defenses. Best defense of the league. Sorry. Sorry. Best defense of the decade. Prime Eddie. Prime Kyle Fuller. I miss Kyle Fuller. He's a free agent right now. They could pick him up. Put him on the team. Make him a captain. Anyways, that defense is goaded. Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, hey. He's in... He's the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs right now. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. I know he got a lot of hate for calling plays in Chicago. Maybe it was just, you know, the pressure of being a head like a head coach. But he's gonna be the offensive coordinator of probably the Super Bowl favorite next year. So, you know, Matt Nagy, as much as he's hated in Chicago, and that's he's hated a lot. He's uh he's out here. He's grinding. He's still putting pedal to the metal. He's out there offensive coordinating for probably the best offense in the league next year. So good for Matt Nagy. Good for him. He left the Chiefs to go head coach the Bears, and he had those just two seasons where I mean he had good seasons. He made the playoffs twice, and then you know two seasons of him just sucking, and the Chiefs are like, hey. Dude, we know what you can do. Come back. Comes back, QB coach. Now he's the offensive coordinator. It's He might be hated in Chicago, but damn, he's probably loved in Kansas City. So, yeah, Matt Nagy doesn't deserve all the hate. That's my take on that. And uh, we love Mitch. Hopefully Mitch comes back as a backup for fun. We're Mitch lovers over here. 
We're also Fields lovers. We're also Cutler lovers. Side note to Cutler. Has anyone seen that video of Cutler throwing a Hail Mary for the Dolphins? That is the funniest shit of all time. He throws a Hail Mary, and he obviously is Jay Cutler. He doesn't give a flying fuck about football at this point on the, on the Dolphins. He throws a Hail Mary, and it's probably 20 yards out of bounds. That was crazy. He's a legend for that. Also, if you search up Jay Cutler, you won't find him because there's a bodybuilder named Jay Cutler. I found that out the hard way. I don't really need to look at a bodybuilder when I'm trying to look up Jay Cutler, who told the press that he doesn't need to run because he plays QB. And now it's essential. Look at Anthony Richardson. He's a freak. Someone someone get him in like a lab and test him to see if he's an alien or something because god damn, he's definitely on drugs. Oh my god, he's probably on new drugs that they can't find yet. They got to test his pee. It's a weird thing to say, but they need to test his piss. But yeah, Bears are gonna be—they're gonna be fun. At the very least, they're gonna be fun, and they're set up for next, the year after this upcoming one. They're set up to make moves again next free agency. They'll still have money, and they'll still probably make moves. But they've got a window that should be opening within the next couple of years, and you know it might be a biased take, but I think the window's coming. I mean, we all thought the window was there when Mitch came aboard, so who knows? Maybe I'm just repeating the same cycle. But, you know, that's really going to be it. I, I don't got much to say about this team besides that. I'm a big Bears guy, even though, you know, I'm around a bunch of Packers and Vikings fans. It sucks. We'll see. I don't know why I'm just I'm looking at Travis Holman right now like why 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 did we pay him I know he's a good pass blocker run blocker or whatever the hell block he's doing I I, I don't get it I don't get it and with that that's how I'm gonna end it with I don't know why Travis Homer's on this football team it's just, there's probably a good reason why I just don't want to look too much into it all I know is that he's a pass blocker running back which doesn't make any sense to me because if you're rolling out a third running back if you're rolling out Travis Homer and the defense is like oh my god is that Travis Homer they're like all right they're passing the ball they're not handing the ball to Travis Homer I'm sorry it's Travis Homer like who the f like who cares about Travis Homer I am sorry Travis Homer I you're probably a stand-up guy but what do you do what do you do I don't get it I don't get it uh, next podcast if will probably be a top 10 for receivers and it will most likely be acclimated towards dynasty fantasy football because we're dynasty fantasy football players out here we love that shit fuck redraft no I'm still going to play redraft because you know I'm a psychopath but we love dynasty and my rankings for wide receivers will probably be the next thing it'll probably be like a top 15 maybe top 20 that will be fun We'll see if I can get a dumbass to join me on that one. To the five people who listened that I probably sent this to. To the five people I sent this to. And if you made it to the end, you can tell me to go shut the fuck up for sure. So so thanks, I guess, for clicking. Nah, if, nah there's no shot any of the people I send this to makes it all the way to the end. I'm at 58 minutes and 20 seconds counting. There's no shot they're coming close to the 30-minute mark. As soon as I started in-depthly talk, not even in-depthly, as soon as I started talking about fucking Chase Claypool being the GOAT, I think I probably lost all, f like, four out of five of them. And I probably lost the fifth one when I uh, started talking about uh, fucking Matt Nagy, which was, like, ten minutes ago. So, thanks, I guess. I don't know how to end these. I'm going to just stop. I kind of want to hit the an hour mark just for like personal gains, which is another minute. So I guess I have to talk for another minute. I do want to talk about one thing. Uh, I have the 102 in Dynasty Rookie Draft coming up. Now, I'm a big Jameer Gibbs fan, although I do think he's going to be like a 12-touch guy, which kind of reminds me of DeAndre Swift. I get a little scared because I trade a lot for DeAndre Swift. I have been thinking a lot about that pick, and I don't know if I should go JSN or 
uh, Jameer Gibbs. Now, I feel like I should go JSN. Wide receivers are supreme over running backs. But Jameer Gibbs is Jameer Gibbs. He'll probably be really good. My team's really good. I'll have a team reveal soon. We'll analyze the team for the offseason of Dynasty. That'll come eventually if, you know, I ever do this again. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be all. Productive but non-productive uh, podcast, right? right? Talking about the Bears. Not a lot of people give a fuck about the Bears, especially the people I'd be sending this to. So we'll see. We'll see how this does, how it gets re like received by my friends. And then I'll decide if I want to make another one, I guess. But this might be the end of the series. It might be. So, sorry about that. Weird note to end on, but deuces. Mm -hmm.